0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back i'm back griff shan's back here we are ladies and gentlemen happy 21st welcome to episode 21 of griff shan talks movies thanks for tuning in on this lovely sunday hope you've all been well and you've had a good week acceptable in the 80s by Calvin harris what an absolute banger please let my lateness be acceptable ladies and gentlemen it has been a hot minute since i gave you guys an episode uh, i've been a little busy things have been happening but here i am and here you are ready to hear about a few more movies so thank you and sorry for the delay. Today, we're here to talk about a number of films I've seen in the last month that perhaps you may have seen and perhaps you may not have seen. The first being the most unique title in some time, perhaps, maybe, um, if you've heard of it, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yes, the comedy where Nicolas Cage portrays a fictional version of himself. I found this movie to be a fun time with a really committed out there performance from Nicolas Cage playing Nick Cage in a unique film where he finds himself invited to the birthday party of a super fan, and then things go tits up, and he starts working for the CIA to maybe try and bring down a drug lord. Cool premise, even cooler movie. I really enjoyed it, especially all the callbacks and references to the career of Nicolas Cage. I thought Pedro Pascal was a standout in this film. Uh, The chemistry between himself and Nicolas Cage was brilliant, making for some truly genuine laugh-out-loud moments. A great watch and one of the better comedies to come along in recent years. This isn't high art and it doesn't attempt to be, but as over-the-top meta buddy comedies go, this is definitely worth checking out. And if you go into this movie blind, knowing nothing, maybe having just seen the trailer, I think you'll love it. It's so out there and the fact that they somehow managed to convince Nicolas Cage to do this and portray a fictionalised version of himself is amazing. Having a career uh, resurgence of late with films like Mandy, Willie's Wonderland and Pig, this is another top-notch performance from the veteran actor and it fits nicely within his wheelhouse. Co-starring Tiffany Haddish, Ike Holtz, Sharon Horgan and Lily Sheen, the daughter of Kate Beckinsale and Michael Sheen. I can't wait to watch this movie again. It was really fun. It's a good time. Keep your eye out for this one when it becomes available to stream or... If you can find it playing in theaters somewhere still, make the time. Nick Cage is a legend. His movies are great, and this is just another one of his great movies, and it's a treat for any fans of his, and I really enjoyed it. It's definitely worth checking out. It's funny as, and it's good. Not the greatest movie of all time, but it's definitely a feel-good comedy that's worth checking out if you get the chance. Now then, The Northman. Fuck me, boys and girls. What a great film The Northman is. If you've heard about this film and you've been told that it's not good, whoever told you that needs to have their eyes tested immediately. This is a super fun, super unique, unlike anything you've seen before type of film, directed by the incredibly talented Robert Eggers, the man responsible for The Witch and The Lighthouse. This film is an example of a studio letting their filmmaker deliver the film that he wants to and that he set out to make. Starring Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Willem Dafoe, Ethan Hawke and Nicole Kidman, What appears to be a Viking revenge film on the surface by way of the trailers and the posters is an actual fact, one of the most bizarre, out there, deeply haunting, dark and twisted epic historical films you've ever seen, unlike no other. Easily one of this year's best films without question. We follow Skarsgård's Amleth, a Viking prince on a quest to avenge the murder of his father, and what we get is such an experience. I highly recommend viewing this at your earliest convenience. A true tragedy that this film has seemingly failed at the box office, unable to recoup its budget despite, you know, all accounts um, of critical acclaim, which you know, worthy critical acclaim, I might add. Skarsgård is outstanding as the central character in a film that's transcendent of genre and unable to put in a box. What separates this film from other Viking films is how gritty, supernatural, realistic and mythical it is Uh, all in one. The Thinking Man's film, this is with so much to adore but also full of action, intrigue and great performances. This is a wild ride you will not regret going on. With many people calling this the best film they've seen in years, it does help if you have a basic understanding of Norse culture and mythology but even if you don't, your experience won't be hindered. This is such a Amazing film. It's just, it's they don't make films like this often. So, you know, you need to make time to go and check this out. Playing like a very well-constructed Shakespearean play at times and split into chapters as the story unfolds. Uh, this is a film that is truly a complete change of pace from the repeatable dribble we are currently spoon-fed in this day and age of the uh, Hollywood landscape. And I cannot recommend this film enough. If you appreciate a story which follows a tragic hero, this will give you goosebumps. It's that good. Arguably the best representation of Viking culture and people ever depicted on screen. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's brutal. It's dark. It's quite gory at times. There's a lot of violent things happening in it. Uh, It's got stunning cinematography, a crazy performance by Willem Dafoe, a mood-inducing soundtrack that makes use of... um, you know, actual instruments from the Viking Age. Uh, it's got striking pagan imagery. Robert Eggers absolutely knocked it out of the fucking park. Uh, I absolutely, unequivocally love this movie. A film from a director with a clear vision who's absolutely going for it. Doesn't give a shit if you get it or not. Um, just giving it as all, well, delivering a movie that, you know, he probably won't ever get to make again. So if you see this come up anywhere, don't believe people that say it's bad. It's a great movie. It's absolutely excellent. I can't wait to see it again. Uh, Watch it immediately. The Northman is so fucking good. It's not funny. Definitely check out the Northman. Then, ladies and gents, we move on to the latest effort from Marvel Studios. The 28th installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen here reprising their roles In the huge blockbuster promising world-shattering reveals and multiversal secrets from acclaimed director Sam Raimi. Yes, that Sam Raimi, the director of the original three Spider-Man films with Tobey Maguire. I really enjoyed Spider-Man No Way Home, the last MCU film they did. And with the new Doctor Strange, I have to say, I absolutely love this as well. It's such a great movie. Obviously, I'm fucking joking. Um, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. What a fucking letdown massive step down from Spider-Man. No way home. I don't think I have ever been more bored while watching the film in years. Uh, what the fuck happened? Sam Raimi is back. We were promised this was going to be an epic mind blowing movie. Like no other with all the cameos. So many cameos get excited guys. The theories that have been going around for this film for the last few years, Once it was announced, you know, Sam Raimi's back on board. This film was a visually pathetic clusterfuck of a story with such a weak plot. I have no idea how anyone in their right mind is saying this was a good movie. I expected this to be entertaining, exciting, a great theater experience like Spider-Man No Way Home was. But no, no, no. Instead, uh, as soon as the opening shot of this film begins, I knew we were in trouble in what looks like unfinished CGI and very, very obvious green screen work, I was immediately checked out of this film from the very get-go. The best part of this of seeing this movie was the debut of the Avatar 2 trailer beforehand. Uh, but seriously, how do people genuinely love this film? Before No Way Home, I was very vocal about how the Marvel Cinematic Universe recent films and their TV series have been very... Cookie cutter, same, you know, the same formulaic bullshit that they've been dishing out for years. There's no stakes. It's all just the same shit. And here we are. We're straight back into that. It's happening again. So I'm beginning to realize that maybe Spider-Man No Way Home was more uh, just the nostalgia factor of that, how it played a huge part of the the old Spider-Man coming back, um, playing a part how in how that movie was so good. Yes, you know, we were all... Um, expecting huge cameos from past iconic Marvel characters from other universes um, in this film, like the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, things like that. And it's not the movie's fault that some of these didn't happen, but what is the movie's fault is how the ones that we did get were kind of really like just lackluster as fuck and not worth like getting hyped for and including them. And then the way they went about it, it didn't impact the story at all. I, I cannot stress enough how weak the story of this film truly is. We have a new character that's just all of a sudden she can jump through um, different dimensions. And, you know, it's America Chavez, who I'm sorry, but absolutely fucking sucks as a character. So cringe. The actress playing her didn't do a very good job either. I mean, put that down to the script, I guess, but she wasn't very good. The you know I, I didn't care about her at all. Benedict Cumberbatch absolutely phoned it in doing a really shitty American accent once again. He, he doesn't have one memorable fight scene in his own film. He's basically reduced to a sidekick in his own film, by the way. This is a sewn-together, mismanaged slew of the, the TV series WandaVision, which if you haven't watched, you will be so clueless in this film which should never happen, you shouldn't have to see every other TV show and movie they put out to enjoy a Doctor Strange sequel, you should only have had to have seen Doctor Strange 1, and if you want to see the Avengers and stuff, which he's in, that's fine, and Spider-Man, but you know, for the average movie fan that just wanted to see a Doctor Strange sequel, I think you're going to be disappointed, I mean, I know a lot of people love this film, and I just truly cannot understand how, I thought it was just crap, like, Raimi's signature horror elements that are in this film, that are incorporated into the certain scenes, are the perhaps the only good thing about the film, the villain reveal is weak, the story is trash, I can't get over how bad the story is, the visuals are incredibly bad, like a cartoon at times, there's incredible cringy dialogue, if you're expecting a Sam Raimi film, I feel like you would have been disappointed because it doesn't really feel like a Sam Raimi film. It feels like a Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, you know, influence film that Sam Raimi just happened to direct. Um, when you're watching the movie, you'll understand what I mean. I just thought that this was a soulless, uninteresting snooze fest, boring characters, piss weak, piss weak stakes, unfinished looking visual effects, which, you know, they tie into the unfinished looking narrative. You know, when you're watching a movie and you're sitting in the cinema and you can tell at normally the halfway point whether you like it or not, I feel like that comes early in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'd say about 20 minutes in, I just sat there and I'm like, this movie sucks. And the people I saw it with thought it sucked too. Um, It's a nothing movie. It's very dull. It does absolutely nothing with Doctor Strange. doesn't move forward his character whatsoever. 300 million dollar budget. There's no excuse for how jarring and how terrible this looks at times. It, it the people have come out like that work for Marvel and go, like, Oh, you can't criticize the CGI, you've got no idea. No, we can because it's fucking shit, and there's no excuse for how shit this looks. There's nothing practical about it. All the visual effects look absolutely fucking ridiculous. It also makes no sense that they set up the multiverse in the last Spider Man film. They went nowhere with it in this they didn't improve on it in any way whatsoever they introduced a stupid character that's apparently been there the whole time that she's responsible for this this is such a forgettable movie that the marvel fanboys will never be able to admit but truly it is instantly forgettable you you will forget about this as soon as you leave the theater um there is no madness to this movie they go through maybe two different maybe two or three different universes. It's so average, it's not funny, it's weak, it's uninspired, it's just plain as fuck. America Chavez's backstory is rushed, just like the movie is rushed. This is insanely average. It's the type of movie you don't even want to talk about because of how boring it is. The fact that they made Elizabeth Olsen the villain, and how dumb that is, and why she becomes a villain is ridiculous. And then at the end of the film, it's like spoilers, but I mean, at this point, it's been out for a while, so who cares? Um, at the end of the film, she's like, oh, I'm not going to be bad anymore. You know, it's just ridiculous. It's just so stupid. Granted, Elizabeth Olsen is good in the film. She's a lot better than Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, but it's not a good movie at all. John Krasinski shows up as Mr. Fantastic from a different universe. That was neat. You know, that's like a fan cast. Of people have been saying for years. But what, what they do with the cameos is ridiculous. Charles Xavier shows up. Professor Xavier, Patrick Stewart from the X-Men films. People have been you know, demanding, wanting, hoping for Professor X to show up in the Marvel Universe for years. He does. It's Patrick Stewart. It's the same character from the X-Men films, and then he gets killed off within seconds. And that's not a reason why I don't like this film. It's just a part of how stupid the story is. Uh, it's just a really lackluster film. I, I really hope the next MCU film, Thor, Love and Thunder, will be decent. And I think it will because Taika Waititi is directing that. But again, I mean, I'm not confident after seeing this. Doctor Strange 2 fucking sucked, and I'm I'm sorry if you liked it. I really can't see how. If you're after an actual great multiversal movie, I highly recommend checking out the recent release, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is a new A24 film starring Michelle Yeoh, which is excellent and actually has an idea of how to tell an entertaining story going through multiple universes. So see that instead because Doctor Strange 2 does not fucking fly it is so fucking average it's not funny like oh the posters shit oh I just I'm just so over this superhero bullshit fucking I like superhero movies when they're good but fucking hell man if you cannot Look at Doctor Strange too, and say that's not a great movie. I don't know what a great movie is to you, because fuck me, it's not a good movie at all. Anyway, let's move on to some other things. Sadly, Ray Liotta passed away. Great actor, he passed away recently. Star of Goodfellas, of course, and numerous other things. Sad to see him go. Uh, Place Beyond the Pines, another great film he's in. So that was sad. You know, died in his sleep. Bit of a bit of a shock. And I've been watching the. Johnny Depp trial, which is now over, but that was some pure entertainment. It's strange that it was televised for all of us to watch, but it was pretty good entertainment. And obviously, I'd probably, you know, be on the side of Johnny Depp if I had to pick a side. But man, there was some funny. There was some funny things happening in that. The the one of the doctors that was like on testifying on for Amber Heard, he just was just being so weird and erratic, and just his mouth movements and stuff, and yeah, it's been pure entertainment, that whole thing, and I'm glad it's over there, yeah, I'm glad Johnny Depp can, you know, well, he's won, so I guess he can, you know, his name can cleared, and people can think of him as a great movie star, great actor again, which is good, and fuck Amber Bird and fuck Aquaman too, <laughs> fuck, anyway, um, moving on to some TV series that I've been watching, Barry, season three has just come out, well, it's, and it's, Nearly at the end, but it came out about a month ago. That's a great show. If you haven't seen Barry, definitely check that out. It's on Foxtel. It's on Binge. Stars Bill Hader as a hitman who becomes an actor, and it's got Henry Winkler in it, and Sarah Goldberg. It's a fucking great show. Uh, It's very, very good. Probably the best show on television, actually. If you haven't seen it, give it a chance. You'll be hooked by episode one. It's three seasons now. Uh, It's a fucking fantastic show. You need to check that out. Another great show that I was put on to a boyfriend of mine, and I watched the whole thing in two nights because it was that good. A show called Severance, starring Adam Scott. Now, I'd heard about the show a long time ago, probably the start of the year, six months ago. Finally watched it, directed by Ben Stiller, most of the episodes. This is a, a crazy good idea for a show, and it's just an, very entertaining. Patricia Arquette's in it as well, John Turturro, a few other people you might recognize, Christopher Walken's in it. How good? Um, Very, very, very good show. Basically, the premise is uh, they live in a world where, well, you know, it's our world. But imagine if you could separate your work life from your personal life. So all these people, they they work for this mysterious company. And once they go to work, they go up this elevator. As soon as they hit the elevator, they don't remember. So basically, they go to work. And they work eight hours. And when they come home, they have a separate life. So there's a part in their brain that's severed. So when they're at home, they don't know what they're doing at work. They have no recollection of anyone they've met or people they know in their work life. And when they go to work, they don't know who they are. So they're basically two different people in the same body. And it's just, I don't want to spoil it. You have to watch it. It's on Apple TV, but you know, get a VPN, download the shit out of that because it is fucking excellent. And what else is excellent Great week for content last week. We had the new season of Stranger Things come out, the Disney Plus series Star Wars prequel thing, obi One, come out. And Top Gun Maverick hit cinemas, which there'll be a review for that soon. But yeah, like uh, I really when I was a kid, I enjoyed the Star Wars prequels. Um and as you and McGregor's been saying, you know, the fans that, that the thing the fans that the movies were made for now, back then, are now in their twenties, thirties. I'm appreciating it a lot more. And the Obi-Wan series is cool. It's, you know, Obi-Wan's back, Ewan McGregor's back, and you've got Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader. And the two of them going at it in the last episode was Darth Vader and Obi-Wan having a lightsaber duel, and it's better than the last few Star Wars movies. I haven't seen The Mandalorian or the other shows they've done, but I was going to watch Obi-Wan because I love Ewan McGregor. He's a great actor, and it's a very entertaining series. I definitely would be checking that out if I was you. And Stranger Things 4... Love me some Stranger Things. Good to see Hopper still alive. My favorite character, if not Steve Harrington. Um, yeah, watched all that last week. That was awesome. Really, really good season, I believe. It started out a bit slow and I was a bit, oh, it's not too good. But then once, you know, everything gets unfolded, I'm, I would put that up there as season four. is probably the best one after season one definitely enjoyed the shit out of that i really loved how it was like really dark and it was kind of like inspired by horror movies you know like halloween and stuff like that it was really really interesting and all the actors the kid actors have like obviously grown up over the last few years because the last season was delayed from covid um it's finally out now which is good but yeah they all look a lot older and it's supposedly only one year later but you know it's a show so just doesn't matter but yeah it was really cool to see how dark it's gotten it's like kind of grown up with the audience i feel and i really really enjoyed that season so definitely check out strange things season four check out the unbearable weight of massive talent and the northman don't fucking see dr strange 2 it sucks and check out ob1 kenobi on disney plus so yeah that's it for today guys thanks for listening and uh catch me soon for top gun maverick review see you later